It's Window Nation's semi-annual sale, and it's a big deal. Right now, get 50% off all windows along with no interest for five years plus bonus savings when you schedule a consult today. If your windows leak, get foggy or hot, or you're paying high utility bills, that's a big deal. With Window Nation's semi-annual sale, you can replace your windows and save a big deal, too. Schedule a no-obligation in-home estimate now. Call 866-90NATION or visit windownation.com. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. This is is the Go Birds Podcast. The Go Birds podcast presented by Parks Casino and Sportsbook. Elliot Shore, Parks, James Seltzer, coming your way. Elliot, it finally feels like we had the whole like month of once drama, the end of the season with the tanking thing that just quarterback change to begin with. It, it has felt for like two months now that it has just been super intense Philadelphia Eagles in your face action all the time. Most of it bad. Uh, it finally feels like we can breathe a little bit and take a step back. It feels like uh, a little like, okay, this is not the most pressing thing in the world for a moment. It's calm. Yeah. It feels very calm on Eagles Twitter right now. The the ocean, there's not many ripples. I log on. It's, you know, general people talking Eagles, but it's not as heated. It's a, it's nice. It's nice to have the football team back and just have it be be regular and uh, be able to think about other things than, you know, two or three items that everybody's fighting about. But yeah, it feels very nice and calm and relaxed and you know, I'm, I'm enjoying it. I it's am, a, it's a nice time right now in Eagles. Land. I am too. And we'll get to the Eagles in a minute, but let, let's, let's use that. And, and how you doing buddy? I know that. So for those who don't know, and we'll talk more about it uh, in our Friday pod, the parks picks pod and all that, but a uh, little inside baseball, I guess in this case, inside basketball for you, uh, download the parks, you know, sportsbook app because Elliot and I have literally been obsessed with nothing else, but basketball gambling for the last few weeks, Elliot and I will joke with each other that we'll be like, I'm just waiting for it to be seven o'clock. So these games yeah. start because that's all I care about right now. It's it's all I do. I had the most amazing victory of maybe my life. I mean, you know, I would say certainly of, of the last year and a half where I had two separate bets. I had Zion at 25 plus, And then I had Lonnie Walker at over 12 and a half, both going into the fourth quarter. Neither had hit. Right. Zion, last minute of the game, hits a free throw, gets him to 25, switch the channel over. Two minutes later, Lonnie Walker hits a three, goes over the 12 and a half. Just a beautiful, <laughs> like beautiful moment for me. Yeah, yeah, it really does. Couldn't wait to tell Couldn't wait to tell you when it happened. Oh, uh, I know. I know. You were super excited. 
Well, and it, honestly, it really is. I know we, you know, we talk about parks and how awesome it is and all that, and it is. But on top of that, like really in a basic level, just as a sports fan, it's so much fun to watch these games and have action on it. Like it, it really yeah. does change your perspective on like a random Spurs Pelicans game or whatever it is. It, it totally changes everything. Well, my life is consumed by two things right now. Gambling basketball and planning the wedding. So like during the day, all I think about is the wedding. And then when seven o'clock hits, I shift my focus. So that is basically the life of Elliot right now for those that are wondering. <laughs> well, if you're ever sitting at home and thinking, what is Elliot doing? If it's before seven o'clock, he's doing wedding stuff. If it's after seven o'clock, he's switching through box scores nonstop to see how his guys yeah, are going. And, and somewhere in there, he's doing his job as well, obviously. Yeah, I guess. I yeah, mean, a little yeah. bit. A little bit, yeah. I, I like Everyone's the concept of like pod listeners just sitting at home on like 11 o'clock on a Tuesday and just going, man. What Elliot's up to right now? Like, what, yeah, what's, I wonder what he's that thinking. Guy doing what are his right takes now? right what, now? What's going on yeah. with Elliot? Like, what is he doing right now? Well, now you know he's analyzing basketball games so that he can make the right bets that evening. Yeah, or <laughs> watching video after video after video of wedding bands. All right, let's talk about that. We'll get to the Eagles in a minute, but I, I wanted to bring up some wedding stuff because we've talked about this a fair amount. Obviously, since you got engaged, we obviously talked about it on the pod, but. You guys have been like hot and heavy with this, like jumping right into the planning. I know we've talked a little bit about uh, the DJ versus the band. You got a lot of things going on right now. Well, so this is the interesting part. I, if you're listening to this and you either are engaged or are thinking about doing it, what's interesting is, so I proposed in the December, late December, the Christmas Eve. So Christmas Eve, I proposed. So it's now March 3rd. In, part, in our wedding, we picked our date. It's not until 2022. So part of me is like, we have a ton of time, mm -hmm. but everything is booking up like crazy because all the weddings from 2020 were pushed into 2021, which means all the weddings that are also for what it's worth in 2021 are also a little bit up in the air. So like everything in 2022 is booked like crazy. So on one hand, I sit here and I go, okay, I have like 16 or 17 months until the wedding. We have booked the venue, the photographer. Uh, we think we have a florist. And I tweeted on Tuesday that we are looking for a band and we think we have, we uh, like we're zeroed in on one. I don't want to say the name yet in case for whatever reason it falls through, but it's just wild to me how like a, how expensive stuff is, but B how quickly all this stuff books up. I wonder if it's always like this or if it's just because of the pandemic, but literally 16, 17 months in advance, we still have to uh, book it. Well, so I think I, I do think it is a, a symptom of the situation. I, I do agree. I think it's that so many people had to postpone or move back weddings or all that. There's a glut of people who want to get married at the same time. Totally think that 100% with you. Um, what I will say, as someone who uh, is married, uh, coming up yes. on my 10-year wedding anniversary in the not-too-distant mm. future, um, well, technically, so, so funny story, um, Emily and I actually got married 10 months before our actual wedding <laughs> because so oh, I, wow. yeah, I didn't have insurance at the time and nice. we figured all right, our date set August 13th, 2011, like, uh, or excuse me, August 13th, 2011. Yeah, that's right. Cause August we can, we, we can edit, we can edit this part. No, it's fine. It's fine. August 13th is yeah. all that matters. Um, it's true. Yes. So, so yeah, so this summer is our, our 10 year wedding anniversary, but technically we actually got married on November 13th, so I could go on our insurance like eight, ten months earlier. So nice, we have, nice. We have two, I love it. Two uh, uh, wedding dates. But anyway, tech, like my real one that everyone went to and all that is coming up this summer, my 10-year wedding anniversary. So as someone who's been married for 10 years, who went through this whole process, 
let me potentially be the first to welcome you to the racket that is having a wedding. It is unbelievable. Everything it's is wild. so crazy expensive. You have to pay for every little thing you could possibly think of. There are so many like things where you're like, wait, couldn't I just do that? That a lot of places don't let you do or this or that or whatever. It is an, a total racket, like across the board well, racket. And the craziest part about the wedding bands are I watch all these videos and they all, first of all, they all seem to sing like the f- same five songs, which is good in a way because I can compare them easily. But if I hear 24 Karat Magic by Bruno Mars <laughs> one more time in the next two weeks of my life, like I'm going to lose it. But it, I've basically gotten to the point now where I just feel like I want to pick people that I think look cool. Like, cause they all sound so well, similar. Hold up, I'm like, hold right, up, this- hold up real quick, real quick. You, I like that you say you've gotten to the point where if you had asked me, how is Elliot going to pick his wedding man to start? That would have been my guess. Like, that would yeah, have been the first true. thing I said yeah, about yes. you. Yeah. Who's the yeah. coolest looking? Elliot wants that one. Yeah. Just ones that I'm like, this band is going to look fly up on stage. <laughs> that's, uh, that's like really wor- all that matters. Worst reason. I love um, it. yes. So, but anyway, so we have one that we like, again, we've pretty much committed. I don't want to like jinx it for whatever reason, but. Once I do, I will I will let the people know. I appreciate everybody that tweeted me advice. I tweeted out that I was looking for a wedding band, and just so many people tweeted me wedding bands like for my finger. And I'm I'm like I guess I should have been more specific. I mean, <laughs> literally a music band. Like I, I like probably half of them were that were people awesome. that were like. You know what's yeah. funny is I saw that tweet and I knew that you were looking for a band, but I. Wasn't sure you had made your decision to a band from a DJ yet. So I actually read that tweet the exact same way. I think I might have seen someone reply with a wedding, like a band band thing. Right. And I was well, like, Gilio oh, did oh, he's looking for a wedding band. Me, How about that? Like, yeah. So it got out of control. But no. So it feels good to have a lot of it, a lot of it secured up. Now, you know, just wait 17 months for uh, for the big day. Okay. So I got to call you out on one other thing that uh, I, I can't find anymore. Maybe uh, you're not a team deleter. But didn't you say that you you believed that you could be a wedding singer with the? Yes. Okay. okay. So, so I did tweet this. Okay. But then, this is very. This is yeah, very. Yeah, yeah. I could lock into a home run territory here. Weird. Well, so I did tweet it, but then I wasn't a huge fan of how I phrased it, and then I couldn't think of it, so I just. I was that's wondering impressive. where it went because I was, was looking only up there to read for like the, fifteen seconds. How about yeah. that? Yeah. I mean, just after watching these, and knowing what my skill set is, I genuinely feel I would be a phenomenal lead wedding singer. <laughs> like. At almost every wedding I've been to, I've ended up with the mic on my hand, in my hand, like singing something, right? Like I have a versatile collection of music I like. I just feel like I have the look for it. My hair is a little longer now. I bring the energy. I, if if I could sing, I think I would be a phenomenal. <laughs> but like I checked all the other boxes off. That's. Would you not agree that is a pretty key part? I don't know. After watching some of these videos, I'm not so sure. I feel like as long as you bring the energy, that's really all that matters. Wow. (laughs) I could sing. That's great. You're the best, dude. Yeah. I mean, if I could sing, it'd be game over. But unfortunately, as as everybody who listens to this pod knows, my voice is not, you know, I'm not exactly, uh, what's what's his name from New Mexico? Dave from New Mexico, right? Yeah. What a voice that is. Yeah. Yeah. I don't voice like that that is pretty funny well at least you don't think you can sing like jack fritz who like thinks he can actually sing and then when asked to actually sing is not good at it sorry jack well but i don't think jack fritz has like i don't know if jack has like the swag x factor of course not like no i have no 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 right i I have that i could be a star 
Exactly. Exactly. Right. So, yes. <laughs> so that is where my life is at right I now. Just at least lo- I seven. love the idea that you as a human can think I could be great at that thing when like literally the one thing that it is you can't do. I just I respect it, Elliot. I respect I can't it. do one part of it. <laughs> you know? being, I can't do one part of being a singer and that part is singing. Yes, yes. I'm not a terrible <laughs> singer. I mean, I was in musicals. We have discussed this. That's I'm just, true. I don't think I forgot I, about I your, your the theater background. That's a good point. Yeah. All right. Let's talk some Eagles. Um, as uh, and look, if anyone has any advice, wedding advice, Elliot is happy to take it. I promise you. He's yes. Yes. Lots. I'm very much into the wedding advice yes. right now. So, like extra so things up. I could add, like you know, stuff like that. Things that you did at your wedding that were fun, not you specifically, but like the listeners. Yes. So if you want to five star review it, leave a uh, leave a review with a uh, a suggestion. I'm very into that right Ooh, now. Ooh, I like that five star review with a wedding suggestion. Uh, we are up to how many five star reviews, Elliot? We are at, and I texted you this earlier, as I always text you almost all the time about this, we are at <laughs> 1,563. Okay, so we're getting close. Once we get to 2,000, we're taking the SATs, we're posting the scores. Um, so yeah, leave a review with any wedding advice you have for Elliot, uh, and uh, we'll read the best ones on the pod. So leave those reviews Boom. for us as well. All right, let's talk a little Eagles. And any more wedding talk, you. this is not ending, so don't worry, we'll have more wedding Oh, talk. we have oh, 17 okay. months, so there'll yeah. be plenty of those. And any Anyone who makes their living in weddings, I apologize for the whole racket thing. It's it's what it <laughs> yeah, is. Yeah, I was gonna say it's what it is. They're living in weddings. I don't think it's a racket. Give me a discount. There like you, I'm oh, good. even yeah. better. That see, yeah, give Elliot a discount. I like that. All maybe, right. maybe we should live pod after the wedding. Oh, like, we'll have buddy, both be buddy. You know I'm ready for this. Who you? Yeah, yeah, yeah we gotta make sure. Now. You gotta make sure your wife to be is cool with you busting out a That's podcast the plan, at the actually. wedding. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Be like, we'll go up to the room and be like, actually, James is coming really quick. We're going to pod. And I'll, be, I'll be over. Oh, that would be the best and worst pod of all time. Exactly. All right, let's get into it. Uh, you had an article on 94WIP.com. Everyone should check out Elliot's work over there, um, which I'm sure a lot of you already do. But you had a really interesting article about, and we've talked about this, and we've said we're going to do a pod. We're going to dive into this a little more. The Eagles' salary cap situation, because it has been obviously one of the main talking points about this team, both last season heading into this offseason, and of course now that we're here with this offseason, but the disaster that is the Eagles' cap and all that. Um, you know, But I, I don't think we've gotten into real specifics. You know, All you hear is the numbers, how much they're over, what the cap is, all that. But like, no one ever tells me what they can do to fix it, Elliot. No one ever says, hey, here's what the Eagles need to do. Here's who you have to be worried about losing, all that stuff. Luckily, you were there for us. You wrote a seven-step plan on 94WIP.com about how you would fix the Eagles' salary cap. I want to talk about that with you, and let's get into some of the specifics and then also some of the generalities about like who maybe could go after we're done with your plan. But, but let's dive into it. Elliot, what is the, the basis of your plan for what the Eagles need to do to fix their salary cap? Well, first, let me say, I don't think it's a stretch to say my article is the most influential article in Eagles Twitter over the last two weeks. I mean, to say I've sparked a debate about the rebuild versus the retool is not a straight, it's not, you know, I think I think, I think I started. I think it's just a fact, so, you know, you don't need to, it's yeah. okay. It's just a fact at this point. Exactly. So, all right. So here's where the Eagles are at. As of this pod, which is Wednesday afternoon around two o'clock, they're around $43 million over the cap. Now, the key piece of information that everybody's waiting for is what the salary cap is going to come in at. It is projected around 180, 183. Assuming it comes in around there, they'll be at the 43 million 
over the cap. There was some thought that maybe it would be a little higher, but it looks like that's not going to happen. So at 40 to 43 million over, they have to find a way to get under by the start of the new league year, which I believe is March 17th off the top of my head. Um, so that's currently where they're at now. You know, part of the moves they've already made, they cut Deshaun. That's already included in the 43 million. Uh, they they're going to cut Alshon and Malik Jackson, but they they don't get that they don't get that uh, salary cap space moved off until after June 1st. So they have seven moves. I think they can make. I think they should make to get under. And if you want, we can go through them one by one. If that's yeah, what you let, let's go through them. Tell me your seven moves, and then after we'll get to you know, assuming they don't take your exact plan, like who are some other guys who are in yeah. question and all that. But let, let's hear your seven-step plan. We'll go one by one. So I know your team blow it up as well. So I'd imagine you're going to agree with a lot of these. But the number one to me is trade Darius Slay. Saves $5.5 million roughly. Uh, it saves $20 million off the cap next year. So you're opening up a lot of room there. And just ultimately, Darius Slay is a great cornerback. I'm not disagreeing with that. But I don't know, how much longer is he really going to be good? Like three more years, four more years? And even then, you know, you're probably talking about giving him a new deal in two years anyway. So if you can, I think he's one of the few players that's on the roster that a contending team would definitely have interest in and also saves you a substantial chunk of change prior to June 1st. So if I could get a fourth round pick for Darius Slay, I know you just traded a third for him, but I'm assuming his value probably isn't as high as it was last year, even though he did have a, a decent year. If you can get a fourth round pick for Darius Slay, I'd be very, uh, very open to doing that. And again, it would save you five and a half million. Yeah, this feels like an absolute no brainer to me. You know, I, look, I love Darius Slay. I was really excited when they brought him here. I thought he played for the most part well last year. But to your point, I mean, guys at that position don't, age into their mid to late thirties and play well. Like it just, it's very, very, very rare. And there's a team that isn't competing in the next two years, certainly this year and competing, obviously a relative yeah. term in terms of their division stinks and all that. But like, this is not a team uh, to your point about blow it up. Uh, that is where my head is at in the sense of, look, they're not going to trade everybody and all that. You need some veterans and all that, but just the idea that anyone who you can get value for, who is North of 30, like I'm willing to trade because I don't think those guys will be as valuable to this team when this team is good again. Well, and that's the tough part about their salary cap situation is that there's just not a lot of players that are that have value and that either are like are then but aren't too old. So like one player is Isaac Sayamalu, who I think would make a lot of sense to like restructure. But like you're not going to save a lot of money that way. So you have to go to the guys when you're talking about players that are actually have room in their contract to save you cap or to restructure and save you cap. They're all these type of guys. And so it's just tough because like, would I want to trade Darius Slade? No, ideally you don't want to do that, but he saves you a lot of money and he has value. So there's just, it. Th that's one of the problems with their roster construction is I think something like 10 of the 14 players that have a cap hit over 5 million or over 30. So like, there's just not a lot of wiggle room to save money or to move guys where you're going to get like real value back or save real money without like committing to older players for much longer. All right. What's step two? So this one's going to be a definite trader cut Zach Ertz. Yeah. Uh, I think, I think we can agree that that's up, like a lock of locks. Yeah. I think he's probably going to end up being cut. Um, I think there's maybe you trade, you, you get like a six for him at this point. I don't think you're going to get much. I do think the Eagles will trade him to a place he wants to go for two reasons. One, he's probably going to sign a new contract with this new team, but two, I just think they would, 
they would do that for him. I mean, because we're not talking high-level compensation here. It's not like they're going to get an offer of a second, but they'll take a third. I mean, you're talking about a six-round pick. So I think he'll end up somewhere he wants to be. Uh, and then you have Dallas Goddard there. We'll see what happens with him and his contract. He's going to be a free agent next offseason. So he makes sense as a, as a guy to extend. I mean, the salary cap situation's tough, and you don't save a lot of money by extending him. You're almost definitely adding money by extending him. So that would be difficult to do with their cap situation. But that's definitely something I would keep an eye on. So trader cut Ertz, that saves you $4 million. So at this point, we're you know a little under $10 million in cap space saved. Yeah, I, I think this is absolutely happening no matter what, 100%. And I, I hope they can trade him. My guess is in the end they end up releasing him. I, I think if they want to put him somewhere he wants to be, I think in the end they end up not getting an offer that from a team that that you know that, that he wants to go to where they feel good about it. If I had to bet, I think he gets released. Regardless, a hundred percent he will not be on the team next season. What's next? So this is a really easy one. Uh, just cut Marquise Goodwin. Saves yeah. three and a half yeah. million what a dollars. What an Eagles tenure Marquise Goodwin had. Yeah. Well, remember, Marquise Goodwin was the guy that uh, Howie said, you know, I promised Carson I'd go and make moves. And then we heard that, like, Carson was a big Marquise Goodwin guy or something like that. So needless to say, uh, Marquise, you know, opted out last year. And, uh, you know, it was his decision to make. But um, so, yeah, I, I mean, maybe he's back if they give him a deal where he gets the minimum with zero guaranteed and he gets a, basically just a training camp tryout. Maybe he's back, but you need the three and a half million. You need to open up as much as you can there. So cutting him three and a half million. Now we're up to like 13 and a half million and, and roughly, you know, roughly 30 million left to go. Yeah. That feels like a, an all time no brainer here. <laughs> I mean, like just yes. no brainer. All right. What's next? All right, so this is going to be a controversial one, and this is one of the more interesting decisions the Eagles have to make this offseason. Uh, Derek Barnett. So he's under contract next year for $10 million. If they cut him or trade him, all of it goes off the books. So you you save you know $10 million, roughly. Um, but he's also, in theory, one of the only young players on the roster that has some upside as well. I think he's been... I don't want to say a bust, but I think he's been a disappointment as a 14th overall pick. Like with the 14th overall pick, you're hoping you're getting a clear cut, no doubt about it starter. I mean, ideally like a Pro Bowl caliber caliber player in the top 15, and he has not been anywhere close to that. So with Barnett, I would look to trade him if I could, but I would also just cut him and then tell his agent, like, go out and see what type of deal you can get. And, you know, then we'll talk. But I'm not going to pay him a ton of money just to keep him and bet on his upside when I can open $10 million by moving on from him. Yeah. I, look, I am with you on that. I, I, I agree. I, I do think I would be surprised if that's what they do. Um, just because again, it's, it's kind of admitting defeat on that draft pick. And, you know, I, like I do think that on the open market because of his age and the position he plays, he'll probably get a decent contract. I would think, is that fair? Well, the interesting thing is there's not a lot of teams with a ton of money. Like, I mean, some teams do have a lot, like the Jets. I think the Colts still have quite a bit. Um, so there are some teams out there, but a lot of teams are under as well or or barely over. So there's just not a lot of money out there for Derek Barnett. I don't think he's getting $10 million a, a year average out there. Well, I, and I actually, as we're talking, and I'm all, you know, like to be fair, there's also going to be more guys out there, I would think. Right, right? exactly. So yeah. the, the market is going to be a little saturated. That's a really good point. I, I do think. And like, what's he really shown? I'm too? with I mean, you. He's Try, preach, spurts, preach, guess, preach. I'm with you. He's hurt a lot. He he commits a lot of personal fouls. Like yeah, he's his a dumb biggest player. moment, I, I guess, the was way the force. Yeah, 
Yeah, I would agree with that. He's he's reckless in a lot of ways. So, you know, if if it was just like how much would I pay Derek Barnett? I think he's worth like three and a half, four million dollars a year. That's where Ooh, I would put him. I wow. think he's a qual a quality backup is how okay. I view Derek Barnett. All right, I'm with you. Look, I would move on from him too. I just I, I think that's a question mark. So, all right, what's next? All right, so that was $10 million. Um, restructure Javon Hargrave. He's one of the few players that fits in the sweet spot of young, but also makes a lot of money. I think he might be the only player, actually, that's young and makes a lot of money. I guess Barnett, if you want to include that, but that's his fifth-year option, so it's a little different. But Hargrave, uh, you know, you can re- just flat-out restructure his deal. I would just take some of his base salary, lower it down, convert it to a signing bonus, and then uh, the way I did it, you save around $7.5 million. Now, I know Hargrave didn't have a great year last year, but I do think he improved as the year went on. And I said it all last off se- all last season. I said it during training camp. Him missing training camp was a huge deal. So I expected him to have a, a poor season last year. I think he can bounce back next year. Now, is he going to prove to be a player that was worth that money? I don't know. I mean, the first year obviously was not great, but I do think the injury was a big concern. And he's, again, one of the only few young players that makes a lot of money on the roster. So if you're restructuring guys, in my opinion, he has to be at the top of the list. Yeah. No, I think that makes a a lot of sense. You know, obviously it's one of those things where it's like you just give him this big contract last year and now you're restructuring him now. It's not the best look. Um, But yeah, I I think that one makes a lot of sense, especially... The Howie special, though. It's the Howie's... Quickly, quickly, before we dive into more of these, uh, on that idea, just the concept of restructuring, because I think a lot of fans look at this and say, well, that's the reason we're in this fucking problem to begin with, because how he kicked the can down the road over and over and over again, now he got screwed. Explain to people why Eagles are still going to keep doing it and why it's maybe, at least in your opinion, a little overblown. Because two things happened that even if you hate Howie more than anybody in the world, you could not blame him for. There's no way he could see this level of Carson Wentz regression coming. I didn't think Wentz was as good as everyone thought, but I never thought he would be the 32nd quarterback in the league and get benched, right? And if that doesn't happen, they restructure his deal, they open a ton of money, and they're in a fine spot. The other thing that happened was the salary cap was projected to be $208 million, and because of the pandemic, it's now going to be 181. So you're talking about a you know roughly $28 million, yeah, $27 million uh difference in the cap and that's a huge amount as well so between Wentz and the cap that's like 30 35 million dollars of difference and when they're 40 and 43 million over then you would have you know cut Alshon cut Deshaun cut these guys cut cut Goodwin move on from her it's like and you're there like you're you're in cap you have a lot of cap space so you know I think that Howie's strategy of continually kicking the can down the road is a risky one but it had never burned the team until now so I do think it's a strategy they'll continue to use yeah, I, I do too. I'm, I'm torn on it. I agree with your general consensus, but at the same time, like you know, you do have to be prepared for things to change. You can't always just assume that things are going to keep going the way they are, and and that is on Howie. Like I don't absolve him of it, but I do understand how this strategy, at least until now, really had never come back to bite him. So that is a, a fair argument. But again, they're in the situation they're in. Um, all right, what's next on your list? All right, so we just did Hargrave. So at this point. They're basically at a point where there's four players left that they can restructure. Lane, Brandon Brooks, Fletcher Cox, and Brandon Graham. So you have to pick, out of those four, who do you feel like tying yourself to? Like, in the future, who are you not going to trade? Those type of things. Now, in an ideal world, you don't restructure any of these players' contracts. They're all 
still quality players, obviously. I think Cox and Graham clearly are. Lane, when he's healthy, has been really good recently. And then Brandon Brooks, I think, can still play high level, but he's just been so injured it's hard to even say. But ideally, they're not guys you want to tie yourself to for much longer because they're all over 30. They all have some level of an injury history, uh, besides Graham, I guess. And so, but it's just the situation you're in is you have to do it. So what I did was I restructured Lane for, and I saved six and a half million. And then I also restructured Brandon Brooks. That saved me six million. I'm now under the cap, barely. I have like a million dollars in cap space. But if I have to pick out of those players, I just want to commit to the offensive line. That's just where I feel more comfortable doing it. So uh, that that those would be the moves I would make: restructure Lane and restructure Brandon. Now it looks like Brandon Graham is potentially yes. going to be the one. So so during our podcast, Derek uh, Gunn just tweeting out minutes ago, literally, I'm told Eagles and Brandon Graham are working on restructuring his deal. So that would seem that he's going to be one of those guys. Yeah, I mean, now look, they could. They could still trade him after June 1st. I don't think they're going to. Um, but yeah, I mean, so moving Brandon Graham's down, let me get his cap hit up really quick. I know he's somewhere in the team. While you're, while you're looking that up, I will say that, again, as someone who is not looking for this team to compete immediately, I am totally happy to see. As, as a sentimental guy, you know, anyone who's listened to this pod knows my history of Brandon, all that stuff. Like, he's my favorite Eagle, bar none. Like, one of, if not my favorite Eagles of my lifetime. Like, he is up there as a human being and as an Eagle. So, like, while I am am very cold and calculated when it comes to this stuff for the most part, like, I always supported leaving guys a year too early, all that type of stuff. Like, I'm all good with that. Like, there is a large part of me that says, you know, I'm I'm really happy to see Brandon Graham finish his career here, to see Brandon Graham stay in an Eagles uniform, to never see that guy play in another uniform. Like, I do like that. I, I can't help yeah. it. I like it. Yeah, I, I, I 100% agree with you. And as much as Howie always says he's not a sentimental guy, it is does seem, for as sentimental as he is, Brandon always has held, like, a special place in Howie's heart. He was one of his first draft picks. Uh, I remember... It was, I think it was at the Super Bowl party. Brandon Graham was live streaming on Instagram, and him and Howie talked. I don't know if Howie even knew he was live. And he said something like, oh, we got to get this deal done. You're my first pick. Like, So I do think he's always had that sentimental value for, for Brandon Graham as well. Um, Brandon in 2021 has a base salary of $13 million. Uh, I mean, honestly, they could – like cut that down to a million and then prorate that 12 over the next, I think he, they could do it over four years. So they could save a lot of money by restructuring Brandon Graham. I mean, you could, you're talking about saving like $12 million and for Brandon, he would get a $12 million check right now. So it works out well for him too. So if they've viewed Brandon as someone they're going to do that for, um, yeah, there's a lot of money to be saved there for sure. All right, quickly, uh, we're going to get back to the the moves in a second. I want to get into what this means for Eagles free agency as well. But we mentioned at the top, and I, I, please, if you have not downloaded the Park Casino Sportsbook app, I don't know what you're doing. I don't know why you're listening to the pod and not having fun with us. Elliot and I have been completely and totally obsessed with this app, with gambling on games, with having fun. Because, as I said before, it really, it just makes it fun. Like, there's no football right now. We're loving these basketball games, having a blast, watching each night. Elliot and I going back and forth on our player bets, on our picks. I will say I did a, a seven-team parlay yes, this the was other insane. night. I did a seven-team parlay, and I lost the very first game of it. Indiana lost the first game of it for me, so I stopped paying attention. I was like, all right, whatever. You know, I lost. 
I went back and checked the next day. I hit the other six legs, Elliot. I was so close Insane. and I didn't even know it. It's such a bummer, but that's fun, man. This is so much fun. Elliot has been white hot. Well, I, I, bad, I had a bad soccer beat. You, oh, really? What what happened? Talk yeah. to me. So I, I bet, uh, I, I bet on, I almost don't even talk about it. I bet, <laughs> I bet for the for the team, I'm, I'll save this for the Parks Pod because it's complicated. Okay, I'll save all right. This so for, that's for the a tease pod. to listen on Friday, the Parks Big Pod. But the point is, is we have been having so much fun betting on soccer, betting on basketball. Some MLB over-unders coming up. We'll definitely get to those in the Parks Big Pod, but you can bet on that. You can bet on futures. Who's going to win the, the title? All that type of stuff. Anything and everything. And there's live in-game betting, which let me tell you, is a wild ride. It is so intense, the live in-game betting, because it's just... It just it, it's almost too much for me, Elliot. Like I almost well, one can't thing, handle it. One thing I've started to do is if I have a player at a certain point, right? Like let's say I have someone on the Sixers at over 22 and a half and it's not looking great, I'll look at the live bet to Ooh. see what they project him to finish at to feel better about it. So if I'm like, well, they still have him at, you know, like 21 and a half, so it's still possible, then I feel good. But if I look and he's at like 17, I'm like, "Oh boy." This one, this one's not going <laughs> not great. Not great, not great. So either way, sometimes you lose, sometimes you win. Ultimately, more wins than losses is fun. Yes. But more than anything, again, I know I keep harping on it, but it's just so true. It's been the biggest takeaway for me is just how much fun it is to bet on these games and have some action and, and enjoy watching the game. It really does, win or lose. Like, I know that sounds crazy. Win or lose, it really does raise your enjoyment of watching the sport Join us. Have some fun with us. Download the Parks you know, Sportsbook app now. And here's the deal. If you sign up now, you get a risk-free bet of up to $500. Yes, $500. Download the app or go to parkscasino.com slash PA News. Our promo code GOBIRDS. That's G-O-B-I-R-D-S to get your risk-free bet of up to $500. Again, that's P-A-R-X Casino dot com slash pa the website has all the details your risk-free bet is refunded on your loss is a free bet as always you must be 21 and present in pennsylvania gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER all right elliot let's finish out the plan here okay oh sorry i thought you were thought there was more coming there no no we're done we're back to the plan <laughs> i think we have one move left right what seventh step or do no we have... so that was that was all seven we oh, have we the got seven, but seven. The... okay but the but the last two things so I yeah, would do because you had Jason Kelsey on your list, so I just wanted to check in on well, that. So those are the three things. So after those seven moves, I just made they're under the cap, like they're gotcha. cap compliant. Gotcha. They're ready to okay. Go. Okay. So the other moves I would make is I would trade Fletcher Cox and Brandon Graham after June first, and it would save you thirty two million dollars wow. in cap space. Wow. Now it does have an impact on the twenty twenty one cap as well, but. I just think getting that space open now would be helpful. Um, and again, ultimately, these are players that a year from now are probably not going to have the same level of value. And I know that it's different in football than it is in the NBA. Like you can't just completely, you know, suck every single piece of talent, of veteran talent off the roster. But $32 million is a lot of cap space. And I do think you could get a lot for them. I do not think they're going to end up trading Brandon Graham or Fletcher Cox. I don't think it's a 0% chance. I don't think redoing his deal means it's a 0% chance either. If anything, he makes... That would make him more attractive to another team because his base salary will be considerably lower. But from the Eagles' perspective, I would do it. And then ultimately, Jason Kelsey, they just have to wait and see. Like, he has to decide whether he's going to play next year or not. I'm not 100% sure the salary cap implications of a retired player. I thought I saw that it means 
all the signing bonus gets prorated or gets accelerated up to this year. So there could be some negative cap implications of him retiring. But ultimately, uh, you know, that's this is something where it's it's up to him and the Eagles will just accept whatever he decides. If he wants to be back, they'll keep him because I think you need him. And if he's not, then you just deal with the salary cap ramifications. Yeah. And for what it's worth, Howard Askin said that he is hearing that Kelsey is leaning towards coming back. But, you know, who knows? No decision has been made there. All right, I want to ask you about free agency in the wake of all this because we're coming up. I'm sure next week we'll do even more free agency preview type stuff and all that. It just, for me at least, and tell me if I'm wrong, it feels like with the situation then with the cap, with talking about all these players they got to cut and all this type of stuff, that it, it just doesn't feel exciting to me in the sense that I just don't expect the Eagles to be players. Like every year we go in and we're like, all right, what's the big move? What's how we do them? What's this and that? Howie season, Elliot, uh, which has yes. been retired and, retired and forever. Although I almost tweeted it out after he got the return he did for Carson. Yep. Yeah. Well, good thing you didn't, Elliot. We know. I so yeah. back to the Parks Casino stuff. If you really want to know what season it is, Elliot and I are celebrating shekel season every night yes. when we bet on these yes. games. Go make yourself season. some shekels. We're big on sh- shekel season is the new Howie season, as far as I'm concerned. But, but. With this free agency coming up, like I just I don't feel that same juice. Do you think? And obviously, players is a relative term, but but what kind of players will the Eagles be in free agency next week? Next week, Gally, or no, two weeks from now, right? Yeah, two, yeah, weeks, two from weeks from now. From now so yeah. te- technically, well, like a week and a half, really. It's it's where March fifteenth is is that day with the legal tampering period opens, where where you hear everything that's happening. What kind of players are the Eagles? Well, first, let me say, on the day of the first day of legal tampering, I will be in the WIP studios from 6 a.m. to 6 p.m. Yes. So we will not be record- We will probably be recording a pod the next day because Elliot's are going to be working all day that day. So we'll see. Although if it's something big happens, I'm sure I'll have Agreed. the energy to do Agreed. it. But, but that's the so point. Will something big happen? Where, where are we at? What's the deal? Yeah. Well, the first interesting thing is every year, whenever there's anybody available, whether it's like Le'Veon Bell, Jadavion Clowney, like Antonio Brown, any of these guys, the Eagles are always linked to them. And the reason that is is because, A, they do their homework, right? But, B, agents love to link their clients to the Eagles because people view the Eagles as a threat. Like, they, the Eagles are a team that will get creative to spending money. They're a team that's aggressive. So this year, I don't know what the agents are going to do. Like, are you still going to hear the Eagles tied to players or not? Because they just don't have the cap space. Um, I think they will end up, my guess is, with around somewhere between seven to ten million dollars. If I if I had to project what they would do, and that is enough to do something. Like when when you sign these guys, especially this year, I think you'll see a lot of deals structured around the league where the first year of that contract is very low. And then it progressively gets gets way higher when the cap is going to go up in 2022. Teams are going to have more cap space. So I do think that is that is what they'll do. So if you have seven to ten million dollars, you can be active like you can go out and get a T.Y. Hilton who, you know, I don't know what his market is going to be, but he seems like a guy that if you had ten million dollars in cap space, you could have have like a five million dollar cap hit this year. And then he goes up next year. Um, I do think they're going to be able to be aggressive in that way. And I like it's a tough uh, line they have to walk because you do want to go out and get talent, but you want to make sure it's not like win now talent. It's, it's players that can help you, but that also have some level on upside because in 2022 yes. and 2023, yes. that's when you really feel like they'll be able to contribute. Yes. Yes. Elliot. Yes. Sorry. Go ahead. You agree. It seems. Yeah. Seems, seems you're on do, board. If with they that. draft someone like T.Y. Hilton, do not, do not sign T.Y. Hilton. Like what is T.Y. Hilton doing for me? What's he like 30 T.Y. Hilton? 
Is he 30? Maybe maybe he's a little younger. He might be older. That's my, yeah, I thought he was at least 30. Like, he might be older. Hold on. A little live look in here. So T.Y. I'm Hilton. Looking it up too. He's 31, 31 and he'll be 32. So next November. season is his age 32 season. Do not sign T.Y. Hilton. I'm so with you, Elliot. Like the signings better be like, and, and Javon Hungrave didn't work out, but like that type of age or whatever, like even younger, theoretically, you just don't see a ton of younger free agents because of the way the NFL works. But like 26, 27, 25, like that's the age range I want to see guys signed at. Well, I, I wouldn't hate the T.Y. Hilton signing. I think with everything, it just has to do with money. Like, if T.Y. Hilton gets out I just I think T.Y. Hilton is someone who doesn't stay on the field, is uh, uh, somewhat of a, you know, one-note kind of guy now in his career. Like, I don't know. I just, T.Y. Hilton does not excite me. I wouldn't get excited about T.Y. Hilton even if they were trying to compete and whatever. Like, I just don't need T.Y. Hilton here. I know they're going to sign right, guys well, you who know Nick like Sirianni, yeah. and they're going to want someone here and, you know, bring that, you know, Sirianni's great to the locker room and all that. I'm sure that a former Colt will be signed. I just, I don't like T.Y. Hilton as a player, particularly for what I think he'll get. Yeah, it sounds like you're just anti-T.Y. Hilton. I am, I, but I'm also I anti-signing 32-year-old players, personally. Well, I think there is room on the roster for a veteran receiver just because, you know, like the 2021 season for the Eagles is not about trying to win a Super Bowl. They're they're more than likely not going to do that. But I do think two things you do want to figure out are, is Nick Sirianni good and is whoever your quarterback is, whether it's Jalen Hurts or a rookie at number six. And you do have to give that both of them like some pieces to try to figure that out. That's why if it was up to me, I'd rather trade Fletcher Cox than like Lane Johnson, because I think Lane helps you better analyze how good Nick Sirianni and Jalen Hurts are than Fletcher Cox is. Obviously Fletcher helps the team and you know, all that stuff. But so when it comes to free agency, I don't hate the idea of signing a veteran receiver because like, I don't know what Jalen Rager is. I mean, maybe they draft Jamar Chase, who we're both very high on, and maybe he, do, he, he does come in and he's Justin Jefferson. But, you know, sometimes it does take rookies a little bit more time. Sure. So Especially I would be open that to position, signing a veteran. Historically. Yeah, agreed. So, I, look, I, I would be fine, I guess, with a veteran receiver for that reason, but I'd rather give someone a one-year, $3 million deal. And it's like, whoever. You know what I mean? Like, my point is, like, I'm not... Going, T, I, this is more anti T.Y. Hilton than anything. Yes, that's yes, fair. Sounds like it. But yeah. like, I also am not committing long term to a veteran receiver. Personally, would you sign Allen Robinson? Um, I really like Allen Robinson as a football player. I think he's a little younger than T.Y. Let me look it up. I would guess he's late twenties, so I would be more yeah, inclined. Like twenty eight. Yeah, I would be more inclined. Twenty seven. He'll be twenty eight in August, so it'll be his twenty eight season. Yeah, I again, that's fine. I would be more inclined to sign, but also I feel like if you're signing Allen Robinson, you're basically wasting year one in terms of long term. Again, I'm not. I'm not looking to make my team much better this year. I agree with your general point of, like, you got to find out what you have, and to do that, you have to have some players around them. I'm cool with that, but I'm not I'm not committing to guys now whose best year is going to be now. I want guys whose best years are going to be 2022 perfect, even more so. I want guys who are going to be their best in 2023, 2024, if I can find those guys. Well, what's interesting is, of all the off-seasons where you can take chances on one-year guys, like, this is it, yep. right? I mean, there's going to be so much talent out there that is not that wouldn't be released otherwise. And a lot of players might take one-year deals because they know next off-season there's going to be a ton of money out that, there. Like, honestly, some players- I think I could really see that happening. You saw that in baseball where certain guys you thought would go for multiple years were like, I'm just taking a one-year deal because I want to be on the market again next year. 
Exactly. And so I, I think that there there is there might be some opportunities to take advantage of that. But to your point, like what's the advantage of the Eagles finding some like great safety on a one year deal? I mean, I guess then you can resign him. That would be the advantage. But like one safety is not turning this team around. Like this is a six or seven win team at best, in my opinion. You think they're much more of a three or four win team. But even if everything goes perfectly, I don't think the Eagles have a winning record in 2021. I mean, yeah. like, I guess anything's possible. Anything, yes. And they might be playing 17 games, so you have an extra shot there for for another win. But um, nine and eight, baby, let's go. Yeah, there it is. It uh, is weird, isn't that weird? Real quick, I I was hanging with a buddy, and uh, we were talking about this exact thing, and he said, "Yeah, I think the Eagles are like a seven and ten team next year." And like, it took me like half a second, a second to like not be like, "What are you, what are you talking about?" And then I was like, "Oh yeah, well, like they're." Probably gonna play 17 games next year. Like that's weird. First of all, what like a flex by that guy to drop a seven and ten. I was like, so impressed. Just... I was so impressed. I was like, yeah. I was about yeah. to be like, what are you talking about? And then I was like, yo, well yeah. done. It's like next well done, level sir. thinking. Right it was. There to do I was that. very impressed with it. But um, but but to my point is like. The guys that I have interest in are on the offensive side of the ball. Like, defensive side, I guess if there's, like, a great bargain to be had, it never hurts. But I just – I want to spend on the offensive side of the ball this year. And then see what you have on defense. You know, maybe use some – obviously some of your draft picks on it. And then next year, offseason, you have a ton of money. I would try to, like, fix the defense then. But to me, 2020 is about – 2021 is about figuring out the offensive side of the ball. Yeah, I, I generally, for the most part, agree with that. All right. Uh, speaking of the offensive side of the ball, another – thing and anything else on free agency we'll talk more but anything else before we move on um i don't think so okay. i i just think as always like i'm sure the eagles will make some move that'll surprise everyone I they think always so. they always do so I think they'll, you're right they'll be one big move you're yeah. right uh all right um another offensive thing that's been kind of a back and forth this week marcus mariota mentioned as a potential candidate to be the backup quarterback but it's really spurred a discussion about the backup quarterback position and what it should be assuming it's Jalen Hurts, obviously. And really, even if they draft someone at six and Hurts is not, you know, and they would, with your idea, trade Jalen Hurts. But I think right now uh, we're we're talking mostly in the terms of if Jalen Hurts is the quarterback, who's the backup? And you have a very interesting take on that. I want them to sign the worst backup imaginable. <laughs> it's, it's a great like, take. Like, literally, just figure out who you think the worst one is and sign that guy like Clayton Thorson. See if Tim Tebow wants to come back like anything, right? Like I want a backup that if he goes in, everyone thinks this season is done. Like they got no <laughs> shot like Dunzo. And the reason is, is because I don't want this team winning games with a backup quarterback. Like they're not the 2017 Eagles. This is not a Nick full situation where he's going to come in with a 13 and three team or whatever. Right. They need a, a quarterback that if he comes in is going to tank and get them a higher draft pick. I only want this team winning games this year for one of two reasons, Nick Sirianni or the quarterback and the quarterback being Jalen hurts or the rookie. That's it. I don't want to see anybody else carry this team to a win next year. Cause those are the only two pieces that matter. And I wrote this and a lot of people tweeted me back like, well, you can get a good backup because Jalen's not worried like Carson was. First of all, I'm not interested in putting my quarterback through like an emotional test. You know what I mean? Like, like <laughs> there, no one benefits from him having to prove how That's emotionally worked out really tough well he is by dealing here, right? with a backup. Yeah. Right. Like, like the, the, the objective is not to put him in a tough spot and see how he handles it. The objective is to find out if he's good or not. So if you draft a rookie, then you trade Jalen. I don't, 
I don't want my backup to like, yes, of course, I guess veteran leadership would be a help to a certain that, extent. So that was going to be, that was literally going to be the question I asked you is how do you respond to the people who talk about the idea of having a veteran guy with Hertz or a rookie can really bring value? Well, let's get him a fucking life coach or something. I don't know. Like I, I, Marcus Mariota, like is Mar- Mariota really going to come I, in? Look, and, like, I, I'm for the most part with you. I, I do think that's overblown. So I, I'm generally with you. I will. The best name I've heard. I would, I, go, ahead. go ahead. I was, no, I, I insist. I insist. Isn't, that the, be- Sorry, isn't that the best when you're like, it's yeah. like, it's like you also see this with um, like someone crossing the street if you're in your car or vice versa. And you'll be go and they'll be like, no, you go. And then you start to go and then they start to go and like or the cars. Yes, it's, but it's yep. like the when you're it's like, no, you go. I'll go. And then you both wait like two seconds. Then you both start going again is the yep. best. Um, I was going to say a name that I think is interesting uh, if it hurts is Tyrod Taylor simply because um, he is super respected around the league. And also like this is a guy who. Got his lung punctured by the team doctor, lost his job to Justin Herbert, and you didn't hear a word from. You didn't hear a thing. That guy was like, all right, it's his job, roll with it, whatever, and was just there, was a good teammate, whatever. I was like, you know what? I can I can get down with that kind of guy. Yeah, that's great. He should give the emotional speech to the team every Saturday night. Well, I just don't want him on the field well, yeah, because he's too good. He's too good. And I, I I generally I think it's more just that generally in a normal situation, I like a backup who mirrors the starter's talents, somebody you can put in and not completely change the offense for. And I think Tyrod makes sense from that perspective. But on a basic level, I don't hate your point. Like I generally agree with the idea that if Jalen Hurts or Justin Fields, whoever, what if that's the guy goes down, like I want them to suck even more. Uh, and I think they're going to suck to begin with, but I'm with you. Like, there is no way, reason to win games with a backup quarterback. I'm with you. And, I mean, let, just put, picture yourself in this situation. And, and you're going to say, well, maybe not you specifically. People will be like, well, that's not going to happen. But we didn't think Nick Foles would happen. So let's just imagine this world. Jalen Hurts or the rookie plays next year. And, you know, things are going fine. They're 11 games in. You know, we're all impressed by how the rookie is. or But he's not, like, amazing, but he's good enough. Then Mariota comes in and he wins the next four games. Like Mariota is not old enough where he couldn't be the guy. Like he could start for a team for like five years if he was good. Mariota right? Philly too. Are you kidding me? It's like poetic. Right. We're like it. We, so, we know so, it. Look, yeah. So what are we doing here? Like if you bring Mariota in and he plays well or looks better than the rookie, all you're doing is giving everyone to compare a successful quarterback to the guy that you already have committed to. Like if the, if they draft someone at six, like Justin Fields, or, you know, I don't think Zach Wilson will fall to six, but let's say they draft one of those guys and they're mediocre for 10 games. Then the backup comes in and looks great. Like what, what's the advantage there? There's just nothing. There's no advantage to it. So I would bring in a bad backup. Like, I don't know if Chase, I don't know if Chase Daniel will get cut by Detroit. I mean, he might for salary cap reasons, but he'd be a good one. You already had him in 2016 as a, as a veteran type leader. Uh, we know he sucks. So that's perfect. (laughs) And then, you know, just put him in like Josh McCown. I would sign him to be the backup because you know, he's old and realistically he's not going to play well Play well if he gets in there. So I, I would be very interested in a backup that is bad. Like, that is what they need, a bad backup. Yeah, that'd be the key. Do not you not want to win games. You don't want your backup no, taking you from I think Chase a four-win team to a five-win Chase, Chase Daniels, a per- you want someone who has been around the league long enough, started some games, had those experiences that he can be a veteran sounding board um, leader, whatever, teacher to a young quarterback, but someone who sucks. That That's well, the real like, sweet spot. To me, 
the, the yes, in an ideal world, you would want that from a backup quarterback. But I don't care about that. I get enough. it. Your, your point is like, yeah. but you would agree, like that's best case scenario. Like you're not saying I totally don't want the veteran leadership yes, guy. I just don't world, want it yes. at the expense of someone who's good. Is the point? Correct. Yeah. Yes. 100%. So I, my biggest takeaway from this conversation is Mariota is 100% coming here. Quarterback factory. The Eagles are going to fuck it up just like uh. they did before. It just feels like such a lock. Um, but I Jeff, actually, there's a I'm better chance they draft a quarterback at six and keep Jalen. Okay, Harris. so this is a perfect segue. That's why you're the best in the business. Uh, last yeah, thing I wanted to get to was, you know, WIP zone, our own Philadelphia zone, Merrill Reese, uh, tweeting mm. out. And I don't know about you. I think there are a lot of people who, you know, famous people, whatever, who you read their tweets in their voice just because that's when you think of them talking, you think of their voice. Merrill Reese is my number one top of the mountain read his tweets in his voice guy like i can't well, i can't look at a merrill tweet and not hear in his voice i can't one of one of the more amazing moments of like my time covering the eagles is back obviously before covid that all the media sits in, in a room like door in between practices or before waiting for locker room and it's always pretty much dead silent because everyone's like working or whatever and a few years back the phone rang and I heard someone pick it up and it's Merrill and he goes, Hey, it's Merrill. And I'm thinking like, Hey, who in the world does not know it's you immediately <laughs> just off that voice? Like all you have to do is pick up and go, hello. And go, they'll be like, okay, I've definitely reached Merrill. Oh, Merrill. Yeah. It's Merrill. How about it? It's Merrill. Yeah. yeah. So, but, uh, no, definitely. He's for sure. Read the tweet, uh, in his voice. Kind so, of guy. so I will do my best Merrill, which is horrible. I am not yeah, saying almost, I'm good at Merrill. I almost don't want you to try. I'm going to do it. What to, Here's ahead. why I'm doing it. I'm doing it for the listeners because I love okay. the Go Birds. Enjoy it either way. Yeah, yes. look, they after hearing this, they want to hear how bad it is. We all do. You don't say that and then not show how bad it is. So here we go. I'm going to read Meryl Reese's tweet in my version of Meryl Reese's voice, which is awful. Here we go. There are a lot of mock drafts bouncing around and a bunch of draft projections being written. In my opinion, the chances of the Eagles taking a quarterback with the sixth overall pick are close to zero. They will develop Jalen Hurts and sign a backup. All right, here's my opinion on your on your Merrill Reese impression. I think you got the cadence down. Definitely, like, spoke in his cadence, and the energy was there. The voice itself, I'd give about a three out of yeah, a ten. Yeah, I would even say, like, a 1.5. Out of 10. It was a little, it was, it was a See, little here's better the problem, than Elliot, for, for everyone who knows, you know, Charlie Day voice twin guy. I'm more yes. on the higher register of things a bit. than yeah. the lower register of things. So when Merrill is booming, the Merrill race, like I can't do that. Like it is what it right. is. I know my limitations. But it was a little better than I expected. That's okay. what I'm saying. I, that, like, you I, know what? I was a little better. You know what? That's a W for me today. I am taking there that and running with it. There it is. So the content of the tweet, forgetting my poorest job uh, reading it and sounding like Merrill Reese, what do you think about Merrill coming out and just saying they're not taking a quarterback? Like flat out, like you said, a close yeah. to zero. The chances of the Eagles taking a quarterback are close to zero. What do you think about that? So Merrill's not somebody that is reporting something. That's not like what Merrill nope. does. I don't think that's what his objective is. At the same time, Merrill is somebody that, you know, has been in the Novacare complex almost every day for how many, you know, yep. since it was built, right? Yep. Like since its inception. He's at press so, conferences. He's always there. I remember, yep, you he's know, in the locker room. he's there. Yeah. Like Merrill is there. Yes. He's, he's in the building talking to people like he, 
he talks to people. So I, I think this is an informed opinion. That doesn't mean he's reporting it. It could be his opinion, but I believe it is an informed opinion that he is tweeting this out. And I think that he's mostly right. Again, I, I don't think the chance of taking quarterback are zero. And he's he's leaving wiggle room as well because you never know what's going to happen. But I do not believe the Eagles plan on taking a quarterback. Like, I, I, I think there would be a world where they might do it, but I would put the chances of the Eagles drafting a quarterback at 15%. Okay. So so a little more than Merrill, but very low. I'm actually right in that range, too. I might even go lower. I, I think it's like 10%. I, we talked about it a little bit on the last pod, but it just it feels like smoke without fire. It feels like when you when you step back, step back and forget the you know beat writers saying like you know and and prominent beat writers, people who've covered the team a hell of a lot longer than you and I have been following this right. team. Like Ruben Frank said, he's convinced on our show on the midday show. He said, "I'm convinced they're taking a quarterback." Les Bowen has said that he thinks they're going to take. If he had to bet what they're going to do, he they're going to take a quarterback. There are a lot of people who know a lot who believe the hype, so to speak. To me, it just feels when you step back and forget the the reports and all this stuff, When look at the situation. Look at Jalen Hurts and what he showed in year one, that they drafted Hurts in the first place, that they hired Brian Johnson to be their quarterback coach. Like There are so many different little things that just, if and again, I don't think that they are going in saying we're not taking a quarterback. I just think that they're likely not going to. You know, I, I, Well, and it, it all comes down to evaluation because – if you think somebody is special, then they'll do it. But like from the outside looking in, and I do not know how he's inner working of his thoughts on the quarterbacks. Right. But I don't think anybody they have access to is like that slam dunk special, you know, like, I mean, Trevor Lawrence, my opinion of him aside is clearly viewed as like a slam dunk guy. Like if the Eagles had the number one pick, they would draft Trevor Lawrence. Yes. Regardless any team, of Jalen any Hurts, team right? in the NFL, if they had the number one pick would draft. And obviously, you know, Kansas city has moms, whatever, you know what I mean? Any team would take yes. that. This is as, as right. easy a one pick as there has been in a while. And even if they had the number two pick, I think there'd be a strong chance they'd take Zach Wilson or they would trade the pick. But at number six, you're really talking about either trading up and get and giving up more assets for a quarterback, or you're talking about drafting like maybe the fourth quarterback in the draft. And that doesn't mean he can't be the best one. Obviously, you just said the name Patrick Mahomes, right? Like, so anything's possible. But to me, I just don't see them falling in love with a guy. And I don't think they're going to draft one just to draft one. I, I think that they like Hurts enough where they, they're willing to give him another shot. I just do. I do too. Again, and and that's what I've said the whole time, and that's what I I think they should do. I think Hertz has earned a shot for a year, and then see what happens next year. If you suck again, you're going to be towards the top. L- let me if ask you: If you don't this. suck, it's because Hertz is really good. You're the general manager of the team. You get to make this decision. What would you do? Okay, so I would take Jamar Chase if he's on the board. I've said that from the jump, and I would. Period. I, I would take Jamar Chase. Second, I I think Jalen Hurts showed me enough. Like I'm impressed with what I saw from Hurts and the way he carries himself and all that. That I would give Hurts a shot. So that's where I'm leaning fully and completely. Now I will say, and this is what complicates a little bit for me. And you know, I have my own. I think Zach Wilson. When you watch him, you know there's something about him. He just looks like a quarterback. The accuracy. You're a Zach arm, Wilson guy. I I am. But official announcement. I have moved Justin Fields back ahead of Zach Wilson. Oh my! Oh God. man! Welcome to the I club, am buddy. back. I've watched a lot of Justin Fields. I've done a lot of reading on Justin Fields. 
I mean, and I said this last time that I think he's kind of being underrated in this project, definitively being underrated, but when you really look into it, I mean, this guy, what else does this guy have to do to prove that he should be yeah. one of the top two picks in the draft? He was a five-star recruit out of high school, has come to college, dominated in college, played well on the big stage, accuracy, speed, athleticism, everything. Like, he's got all of it. Like, Intangibles. I, 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 so I am, I am, while I still like Zach Wilson and there are things about him that I'm really intrigued by, like, he does certain things where I'm like, wow, like, that looks special to me. I think Justin Fields is a better prospect. Justin Fields should be the second quarterback off the board. And that's what complicates it for me because I still, my plan is play Hurts, draft Jamar Chase if he's there, hopefully he's there, and and move forward. But, like, the idea that Justin Fields could be sitting there at six does, I I like it gives me a, a moment of pause. I'm still sticking yeah. with 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 Hertz and I'm moving forward. But like, man, if they take Justin Fields at six, I'm not gonna be angry. You know what I mean? I'm not gonna be like super upset about it. I'm gonna question it. I'm gonna think they look ridiculous in general for how they've handled the quarterback position the last two years. But man, I'm not gonna not be excited about Justin Fields. You know what I mean? It it's so crazy how much the Jalen Hurts pick complicated everything for this franchise. Changed everything. I mean, if they if they don't draft Jalen Hurts in the second round last year, like just think of think of how different this is. Like they a they're probably not trading Carson. Well, look, Carson but let's just say D- they Carson do. and Doug might both still be here. Yeah, it's certainly possible. And if they don't have Jalen, they're definitely taking a quarterback. So like, there's that component of it too. Like, well, if they I, if I, the Wentz stuff still yeah. goes bad, then they're definitely yeah, exactly. Who knows? But, but also, Wentz might not go bad. Honest. We both think that the Hurts pick like crushed him. Like Wentz might not be as horrible. They might have been a, a they might have won that crap division. They could have been the playoffs four let's, straight years. Let's say Carson is just as bad. Regard like let's just pretend he's just as bad. I think there's still talks of taking a quarterback at number six this year, or at least considering it, right? So, like, it's just the Jalen pick is just it comp it's it, it like it's infiltrated every part of like this organization. When we were talking about free agency and saying we would sign guys because you have to see what you have in Jalen, you know, like it's, it's just wild. it's crazy. So that's another reason maybe you just you ride it out with them. I, I don't know. Yeah, and again, like another reason too is like. All these wide receivers are going to like train with Jalen. Like people in the locker room are in on Jalen Hurts and all that. And like to your point, I am I when you first said it, I wasn't 100 percent there. Like I am very with you that if they do draft a quarterback, you trade Jalen Hurts. Like you just yeah. trade him. Like and I again, I know it's all about value and being able to get something back. And if you, you know, do I want to give up Hurts for a fifth round pick? Absolutely not. I don't want to do that. But I do think that you're you're setting yourself up for for the exact same failings that you've been through before, like the this type of hornet's nest of a locker room that you set up if you do this. So, um, yeah, I think a hundred percent. I just think um, quick quick drafting. Yes, quick drafting, and I know you want to talk about Mac Jones, uh, but there is like the one fun thing about draft season is there is something like an emotionally charged, legitimately exciting moment when you're sitting there and you say to yourself, you know what? I'm moving Justin Fields up my board, like my board, <laughs> my internal board. Like, and you're like, I, you know, am I doing it? Am I doing it? And then he makes another play on YouTube and you're like, yep, yep. that's my guy. I had to do it. He's my number I'm one. In. And you want to tell people, it's like, guys, guess what? Justin Fields is my new number one. <laughs> Just wanted to let you know. Well, Zach the Wilson's funny part is that normally I, this things happen and I want to text you about it, but now I, I don't because I want to get your you know, uh, uh, honest reaction. Yeah, on the we want the live reaction, right? How about that? Um, all right, quickly, very quickly on the Mac Jones thing. I just, where are we at with this mock draft season? Yes. Like, what yeah. what level have we reached? Like, okay, if I'm, uh, you can 
cl- you time this audio, mark this audio. If I'm wrong, a wholehearted apology. But the Eagles are not drafting Mac Jones. Stop it. Stop this. What are we doing? Mac Jones going six to the Eagles in that PFF or CBS, whatever it was, mock draft, is just stupidity. And you know, you know, let's be real. Let's be honest. That person did that because they knew it would get a reaction. They know that Philly fans are loud and we're aggressive and we get angry about things and all that stuff. And they were like, I'm going to tweak the Philly fans. That's it. That's why they did it. They didn't do it because they actually think Mac Jones is coming here. They didn't do it for any real football reason. They did it to get a reaction. And look, we came through. That's what we do. But I'm just, I'm good, Elliot. I'm good on it. So Mac Jones to the Eagles would break me. Like I, it would, it would break me. I don't know. I don't know how I'd react. The Eagles would break me. Because on one hand, I think that my reaction would be like, ugh, like seriously, Mac Jones, like, and you know, again, I'm not like Mr. Draft throughout the college football season, so I'm aware that like maybe I had a different perception of where these guys would go. But when I was thinking of Mac Jones, I was thinking he'd be like, oh, late maybe he's a, nice, a fourth round pick. Oh, yeah, wow. like it, I was you thinking know, like late first there, round, right? second round, like Derek Carr type of player range draft yeah. wise. And then when I guess he was nominated for the Heisman, if I'm correct about that. So like, then I'm like, oh, like that's a nice little college football story. But I I never in a million years thought Mac Jones would be in discussion or even like discussed as a first round pick, let alone a top 10 pick. And again, I could be exposing that. I just, you know, I, maybe I don't know as much about college football as I think, but like Mac Jones at six, like, what are we talking about here? Like, what what is there about Mac Jones that people are that excited about? And maybe people in the league do feel this way, but he to me, I I would not draft Mac Jones at number six. Yeah. I'll just well, I'll say that. I mean, talk about the talent that that guy is playing with compared to other players. I mean, geez, Louise, you know I could <laughs> yeah. succeed throwing to Devontae Smith and Jalen Waddle. That's not true. I know. Don't come at me, but you know what I mean. So. But also, like, is he athletic? I don't think so. Like, I think he's pot. He, he's from uh, look. I've not watched a ton of Alabama this year. I watched some Alabama this year. It seems like he's got really good pocket mobility. You know, can move around the pocket and all that stuff. But he's not someone who's going to take off and run a bunch. Yeah, I'm out, man. So like, out. I, I, the, I would. And look, I would more than anything, it's lands. not going to happen. Like, that's not going to happen. It's not going to happen. I, I well, promise. Okay, you. I don't think it's going to happen. I agree. Like the chances of them drafting Mac Jones at number six, I would say are. One one percent, if that. But to get back to the part about picking the quarterback, it's about the evaluation. And if they really like Mac Jones, I don't know. Can you trade down, pick up an extra second round pick and like get him at nine? I mean, I wouldn't do it again because I don't think Mac Jones is going to be a good quarterback. But like, I don't know. We don't know what they think. Oh, God. I, you're right. Again, I know. You're right. Me. You're like, right. And look, with yeah. all these mock drafts, like they're always wrong. And like there's always players who go way earlier than you would expect, and players who go way later than you would expect, and all that. And and crazy shit happens. I just I would be really, 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 really surprised if Mac Jones is So I do think Mac Jones is somebody that not just me, but it seems like a lot of people were wrong about how the league views him. Oh, I, I think and he's going to be a high pick, like a top 15 what pick. What was that Devontae Smith uh, quote? Did you see this? Yeah, I guess he would take it was him over two. It wasn't even a question. He answered before they finished yeah. asking the question. Yeah, I like that's very telling to me for what it's worth. I mean, again, I'm out on Mac Jones as of now. He might move up my board. I'll let you guys know. But like that is very telling to me. 
like that 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 he said he would without question take Mac Jones over Tua. I That's am, like I I and all of the Go Birds listeners are eagerly waiting to find out if Mac Jones well, gets moved up your board. Before as we were we talking remember, about there list, was a day Paxton Lynch moved up yeah, my board. Yeah, what a, what a monumentous so. day that was. There is yes. a, as we already covered earlier, there are listeners who just sit there wondering what the hell is Elliot doing right now? I got to know. Now we're going to be wondering where's Mac Jones on his board and when to get moved up. I'm working on the board. Don't worry. And you know what? I'm going to reveal the the board on the Go Birds pod oh, first, and then I'll write. Oh, yeah. This is oh, it's for the listeners. Oh, I love yeah. that. All right. Uh, one last thing before we get out of here. Um, a few weeks ago, we did like a recommendations thing where we just kind of talked about books we were reading. And I got awesome responses. And shout out to Bryn Schwartz, who sent me like a list of books that I should read. Oh, Bryn's my guy. Bryn, awesome. Bryn, thank no, you. I know him on Twitter, I should uh, say. Super, super nice guy. guy. Super nice guy. But he said he reads 150 books in a year, which is like, wow, you're amazing. It's unbelievable. Okay. First, all right. First of all, I like Bryn. 150 books that's a year. That's what he told that's, me. That's what he told me. That's, that's what he told me. book every other day. That's what, I know. Well, because I thought about it, and I was like, I'm gen- right now, I've been reading a lot lately, but I'm like, about a book every two weeks based on the time I have. I'm generally in that range. I would say I'm, I'm about there. Although I think sometimes with my reading, if I fall out of it, like it could take me a week or two to pick it back up. But I agree when I'm reading a book, it takes me about yeah, a week about and a half. Two, so about a week and a half, two weeks, somewhere in that general range. And it's look, it could be quicker if I have more time. I don't. It is what it is. But like that's that's like talking about what that's if it's every two weeks, that's like um, if there's 52 weeks in a year, we're talking about 25 books maybe we read in a year, 26 yeah, I, I books. I read like 20, 21 books last right. year, I think. I mean, yeah, and I, feel, and I feel like I read a lot. 150 books is un friggin' real. Regardless, Bryn sent me an awesome does, list of books does to Does he out. read for a living? I don't know. Like, is that his job? <laughs> Bryn, we need more information on this. Regardless, it was really cool, and I got a few other people, uh, someone tweeted me and said they were going to start the book I recommended. So I thought it might be fun to throw out a recommendation hmm. every once in a while. So you All got right, let's just... do it. I thought you were going to suggest a book club No, for a oh, well, that, dude, okay. If people are interested in a book club, let us know, because we would be in. Ellie and I both love to yes. read we're super nerdy. Let's do it. As long as I get to pick the book. Yeah. Well, we'll all get to pick. That's the beautiful thing. Yeah, but I, just don't, I don't like to read things that I don't want to read. Okay. Well, good to know. Thanks, buddy. Yeah. Good. Put that out there. To, to expand your horizons, Elliot. Um, I don't like expanding my horizons. I know you, you know do. that. Trust me. Anyone who's listened to this yeah. pod knows that. But 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 when you do, you often find that you like it. Yeah. That's a good point. Just that saying. is a good point. Just saying. Um, so just let's let's have a little fun with a recommendation. Throw it out. Like what's what's something you've been into lately? It could be old school, it could be new school, it could be whatever. Asking me or you asking, I'm the, asking the reader? You to give me a recommendation for something. Um well, like I said, so I'm I'm kind of in like a reading funk. It doesn't right just now. have like to I, be books. It could be anything. Like here, I'll go. Um, and this is like I mean, I'm telling you, like I've just been doing wedding stuff. Like I've been watching a lot of say yes. All to right, the how dress about this? I'll do I'll do two for you, but they're both one. It's it's one it's one answer, but two things that are similar answers. The first, it's cartoons. I'm gonna give you two cartoons that you should watch if you haven't okay. watched them. How about that? I have a cart I have a cartoon take for you. After oh, this, good. All right, ahead. perfect. So Emily and I, uh, I sure we mentioned on your well, I mentioned on here at one point or another, but that we we did the whole rewatch of Seinfeld. It was awesome. We started episode one and went all the way through and. It's really fun, a lot of running jokes, a lot of things where you don't really remember the, the sequencing of stuff. Like, you see all these episodes and, you know, this one there, this one here and all that. It was super fun yep. to do. Um, so we looked for another show to, re- to rewatch. And we decided that we're going to undertake the undertaking of watching the entirety of The Simpsons, start to finish. Mm. And I loved The Simpsons when I was younger, trailed off. Probably been, you know, 15 years since I really watched it, or 10 years, whatever, since I really watched it regularly, whatever. It has been amazing. 
to go back and watch The Simpsons. We are somewhere like in the middle of season seven, and it is just like flat out the funniest show. Like one of, if not the funniest shows of all time. It is, it holds up so well. It is, and also like at the end, I'm going to be able to say like, I've seen every episode of The Simpsons. I feel like that's like a, an actual achievement of some absurd kind that is meaningful because there's so many friggin' Simpsons episodes. We're rewatching The Simpsons. It is so much fun. It's awesome. Highly, highly, highly recommended to anyone who has either never seen The Simpsons or hasn't watched it in a long time. Like, it's really awesome. It's on Disney+. Plus. It's super cool. And I'll give you a cartoon that uh, we were obsessed with and still I'm always just period obsessed with but doesn't get talked about nearly enough. Bob's Burgers yes, is an amazing show. Like a, a, yes. an amazing, amazing show that if you have not watched Bob Burgers, it's heartfelt, it's funny, it's sweet, it's awesome. Bob's is an amazing show. I actually went on a date with a girl before and we watched Bob Burgers in the back of my car. <laughs> what? I, I'm trying to get how we ended up like that. That is but that's... so random. Yeah. Well, speaking of random, the first episode I ever saw of Bob's Burgers, funny enough, was in Nashville the night before we flew home. That last night wow, we were in Nashville. How about that? We didn't have anything to do when we went for the Titans Eagles game down there. Um, yes. Nothing to do at the end. It was the last night, and Emily was like, "Oh, Bob's is coming on because she loved Bob's." And I was like, "Ah, I'll watch an episode." And then I was like, "It's good. It's great." Yeah, it's very funny. So I'm normally not into cartoons. That was my cartoons take. Like, if someone suggests me a cartoon to watch, I generally like want to kill myself. Like I'm like, I do not want to, I do not want I'm to not engage surprised in by cartoon. This. Yeah. But, uh, all right. So a show I've been watching actually WandaVision. Have you watched this? Uh, okay. So it, I'm, I'm dying to start it. Emily, we haven't gotten into it, but it's on our list. I'm very in on WandaVision. I just haven't watched so it. So here's what I would say to people that haven't watched it. Like I don't watch the Marvel movies. So I'm, I'm very like, I have no idea what's going on in the Marvel world. I've watched and all of them, it. So you've watched what? All the Marvel movies. Okay, so it seems like WandaVision is a continuation Correct. off of a movie. Like, yes. you don't completely need background. Like, you don't need the background information to enjoy it. But it seems like if you're into the Marvel stuff, then you'll enjoy WandaVision more. Is that, would you say that's yes, accurate? I 100% okay. would say it's accurate. So the first two episodes I enjoyed watching just because they were interesting. But by the third episode, I was hooked. And it's it's so good, even without watching wow. the Marvel movie. Wow. Very interesting. Very good. I was not expecting this. I was not expecting you to Kate jump into- Ashley Olsen's sister. Yeah, Elizabeth it. Olsen. Wow. Yeah. 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 I guess I, she's in all the Avenger movies, yeah, whatever. Yeah, I would not so. have guessed this. I would. I did not see this coming. This is a total curveball for me. I would have yes, not guessed so, that you would be into WandaVision. I very much have enjoyed it. Like, like, they go like back it. to old shows? Like, you don't know anything about I'm just surprised. This is not what well, I would I got have the, There was a Malcolm in the Middle reference I got. There okay. was um, there was a bunch of older shows Brady that they, they referenced. All kinds of stuff, yep. But um, I don't like the shows that are only a half hour that come out once a week. Like, if you're going to give me once a week, I need an hour. Like, because otherwise you're talking about, like, 25 minutes of content once a week. It's hard to, like, really get into it. So that's my one thing that annoys me about WandaVision and about The Servant is they come out every Friday, but they're only, like, 25 minutes. So it kind of kills the buzz I get a little that. Bit. Well, we've been, we've been um, spoiled in that sense with all the, you know, binge watching and all that. Whereas, like, when I was growing up, like, that was just it. That was what you had. Right. You had a show a week. And, that yeah. Um, funny though, that you, you bring that up, uh, with the idea, oh, I just totally lost what I was going to say. Oh, I remember now. Okay. Uh, one last recommendation that only is coming up because you mentioned that and the idea of like, oh, I want it more than once a week. 
if you're a fan of South Park, which is my all-time favorite show, like That and The Wire, my two favorite shows in the history of television, period. Um, but there is a, a documentary. I believe it's on HBO right now, but it's called Six Days to Air. And it is, it's mm. only like 50 minutes long. It's quick, or like an hour long. It's a quick, quick watch. But it is all about how the South Park guys conceive of write and create an entire episode in a week. Like that's what they do. That's why uh, their, does shows sound are, interesting. their shows are always topical because they take what is actually happening in the world that week and then they satirize it. You know, it's satire. Um, right. So like that watching them make a whole episode of the of South Park in a week is like such a cool, such a cool thing. So I would highly recommend so, it. So two things off of that. When, this is great. When I was in like fifth grade, we had to do a, a board, like it was like a get to know you type board. So you put like things you like on it or whatever. And you know, I'd like sports and all this stuff. I was at Spice Girls, obviously. But like I uh I put South Park on there. And my mom was like, Why do you have South Park on there? And I was like, Oh, I don't like I like it. And she goes, But you've never watched it. You're just putting it so people think it's cool. And I was like, wow, you really exposed me. Wow. And it's, I still think about it to this day. You should, because your mom just called me out. Eviscerated. Me out, I think the word me. is eviscerated you and just buried Essentially. you. And, and yes. guess what? Uh, Mama Shore, Mama Shore Parks, correct. Yeah, she, she was. She called me out on it. Deserved. Watch so up, I forget what my please. other thing was, but I always, I always remember that moment of just me being exposed. <laughs> By your mother. Yes, exactly. All right. Uh, Parks Picks Box on Friday. Uh, WIP 1-3 to three on Saturday. Any final thoughts before we get out of here? No. I think we, we, we covered it all. It right? all. I'll, yeah. go, I'll go back to, to wedding planning and waiting to 7 o'clock, yeah. basically. And the rest of us will go back to wondering what you're doing at every moment of the day. Exactly right. <laughs> That's where I'm at. So, actually, there what we we're go. really be going back to is as soon as we're done, we're going to be texting about basketball picks tonight. Download exactly. the yeah. Park Cedar Sportsbook app. Have some fun with us. Tweet us about bets and all that. We love it. Until Friday, until Saturday, he's Elliot James. We'll talk to you guys soon.